wicked, wicked fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. Good day, everyone. Lauren Kress, the business scientist here for another episode of Grow Your Brand. Really, really special episode today because I have the lovely Karen Tisdall joining me, a LinkedIn expert and LinkedIn trainer. Actually, Karen, hello. I'll let you introduce yourself. <laughs> Hello everybody. Hi, great to be on your podcast today, Lauren. So Karen, tell us a little bit about what you do on LinkedIn. Okay. So um, I post on LinkedIn um, and what I do for people is I uh, write LinkedIn profiles and I also coach individuals and teams on using LinkedIn. Um, and that's largely around attracting business um, because never before has it been more important to manage how we show up online and I think that's still so new so um so I write profiles um but also do coaching as well it's I I think LinkedIn is fascinating like I love it it is my favorite social media platform by far and one of the things that seems to be popping up a lot lately is people kind of talk about LinkedIn as a, a place for recruiters but like you said more and more it seems to be a place where people are growing their business Mm-hmm. What do you think the function of LinkedIn is? I don't think LinkedIn knows what the function of LinkedIn is. Um, <laughs> and I think it's really changed. So LinkedIn was certainly set up. Um, KPI had a, a business um, plan that was all about job seekers. And it was all about that. Um, but then a lot of people, um, myself included, I used to be a recruiter, started using LinkedIn as an early adopter in 2005 to headhunt people. And a lot of us um, on platform realised that you could actually not just search for people to employ, but you could search for potential clients. So, I I mean, I didn't get that realisation until about 2010. So, um, and I think some people are still getting that realisation and in truth, some people still haven't got that (laughs) realisation. So, uh, so I think it's been a moving beast and I think, um, it is now largely perceived as a B2B directory of everybody you could ever want. I, I tend to agree with you about the LinkedIn not not knowing necessarily as well. Like I got a, a survey to fill in from LinkedIn the other day and all of the questions, and this is my, I have a big problem with surveys because I think they're really bad at collecting data a lot of the time. All the questions were around how often do you use LinkedIn to look for potential jobs and I'm like well it's not jobs I look for for clients on LinkedIn you know and then uh how often do you use uh LinkedIn to search for people to employ you know like it it was just it was a really weird set of questions because for me I was like I use LinkedIn like every day multiple times a day and I never use it for any of the things I'm being asked yes (laughs) and it's so so powerful Amazing. Yeah, amazing, right. I think LinkedIn doesn't understand all that it's capable of, or it didn't. Um, I think it's largely realised that, and I think it's realised that from its its revenue. You know, um, LinkedIn gets so much revenue. I think we're sitting at 60% of its uh, revenue is from B2B, and only 40% is 
from recruiters, uh, from re recruit their recruit platform. I may have sat the other way around, but I think I've got that right. <laughs> um, so when we think about how they make their revenue, they know that they do get some from recruiters, but their biggest seller at the moment is Sales Navigator. Um, so that's a platform that I don't train in. So I train people on using LinkedIn free and LinkedIn premium um, to attract clients. And, you know, and it's just it's just growing that part of it. So let's talk a little bit about, as I was saying just before the, the show, to catch you up with where we're at in this series, uh, we've been talking a lot about how to define the, the purpose of your brand, how to, uh, you know, put it, put, put your brand in terms of, how the, your customers are going to see it, right? So from their perspective, what problem do you actually solve for your customers? But once you have that, once you know, okay, this is, this is my brand, now I want to start attracting clients, how can you use LinkedIn to do that? How can you use it to sort of, I guess, actually let people know about you? Yeah, absolutely. I think the worst thing you can do is to sell or promote. So I think some people misunderstand LinkedIn and um, they have read or um, have heard other people talk about this being a B2B directory. And they think, okay, so it's like um, the yellow pages, um, but on web format. <laughs> so I'll just put up billboards. I'll just put up adverts. And that's, that's the worst thing you can do because I think we're just so sick of being sold to. So the best thing you can do is be, um, be friendly, uh, be warm, but also be authentic. So you'll see that some of my posts are a bit prickly and opinionated because that's, that's in truth who I am. <laughs> so be who you are. Um, but also share information. So I think when you've got a business, then you've obviously got an area of expertise. You've obviously got some problems that you excel at solving. So you have to think about what are the questions that my customers are always asking me and how can I create posts that can answer those questions? So, um, so a single idea, a single question per post. Um, and then by putting out tips and information, just giving things away, people see that you're the expert. Wow, this person really excels at solving these problems. They're the person I need to go to. So, you know, if we think about, say, like an accountant, as an example, um, my accountant is really interested in tax, which is great because I'm not. <laughs> so uh, my, my accountant, Adrian Atchison, if you're listening, um, you know, my accountant, um, you know, is the kind of guy who 10 o'clock at night, he's reading, you know, the latest statutory accounts and reports and, you know, how to structure businesses. And he's deeply interested in the things that I'm not interested in. Um, so what I'm trying to get Adrian to do is, is increasingly talk on LinkedIn about his interests and his expertise, share his tips. So that way he's seen as the go-to person. It, it can really be, um, it, I was going to say it can really be simple and I don't mean as in it's easy because I think that's diff easy and simple are different things. But I, I one of the things I've seen a lot on LinkedIn is uh, and, and some of the clients I've talked to as well when they're talking about growing their brand and looking at LinkedIn as part of that is they can overcomplicate it a little bit. Like they put a lot of pressure on themselves. And, uh, you know, I know you and I have talked on the phone about this before, like this idea that you have to post every day or the idea that you have to post maybe even multiple, day, uh, multiple times a day is something that some, you know, people who are using LinkedIn as a marketing tool are saying. 
what's your thoughts on that? Like how complicated does it, does it kind of get? Um, yeah, it's parts of it are complicated, um, but complicated in that there's quite a lot to learn. Um, but the learning is not difficult. It's most certainly not rocket science. So it's just like having a, a framework, a process. And that process is really, really, really simple once you've got it. So, um, so there are simple rules to follow. And those are don't post every day. People will get sick of seeing you. They'll get bored and they won't read your material because, oh, my gosh, here she is on platform again. That's my opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's not special when you show up all the time. If you just show up a couple of times a week, two or three times a week, so think about um, showing up sort of twice as much as your clients do, then you're reminding them who you are, but you're not exhausting people. You know, you haven't got people sort of going, oh, gosh, you know, I'd, I'd really love reading her stuff, but I, I just haven't even read her stuff from yesterday. You know, so just showing up two to three times a week. And when I say there's a lot to learn, thinking about the structuring of your posts. So if you're putting out a uh, short form post, so text only, you really want to make sure that those first three lines are really impactful so that people click see more. If they don't click see more, LinkedIn's not going to get alerted that this is interesting other than likes and comments. So you might have a whole lot of people that never like or comment on your posts, but lots of people are clicking to see more. LinkedIn can see that. So, um, so there's a lot of things like that Seymour, um, like hashtags that are, there's a lot to learn, but it's, it's pretty simple stuff really, once you've got that framework in place. So I want to ask you one more sort of practical thing, and then I'll, I'll kind of move on to just, you know, some of the benefits of doing this stuff. But what would you say when, you know, we talk a lot in marketing about call to action right? Like you've got to have a call to action. You've got to have something for your audience to do. Uh, and I see a lot of the time people have on their LinkedIn posts, they'll link back to their website or uh, maybe they'll say, you know, send me a message, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, and then also on their profile itself, they might be saying, you know, go check out this link, check out this link, check out this, this link. What's your thoughts on, you know, sort of getting the balance right between being on the platform and sort of having conversations there um, but also taking people off the platform to look at, you know, engaging them on your website or via email or messages, those kinds of things. Yes, I think it's really important. That's a, that's a really clever question. Um, and it's something that people don't think about enough. Um, um, and it's something that's really only been increasingly on my radar in the last couple of years. Is, as I've thought, I've got a, I'm putting out a lot of content and people are finding me on LinkedIn. But what's the buyer's journey? And so, you know, if you can create landing pages and say, want to find out more, click on the landing page, link in the comment. Um, because one of the many things to know, again, you know, it's a lot to learn, but it's not rocket science, um, is that you should never put an external post, uh, external link, sorry, in a post. The moment you do that, LinkedIn will send it out, but it's not going to send it out to many people's news feeds. Uh, LinkedIn is KPI'd around keeping us on platforms that doesn't want you to go off platform so you could have a landing page you could have a click through to your website um, but put those links in the comments you could have at the end of your post something like um, you know to find out more dm me or or you know this is my email you can put email addresses that's not going to impact 
your post. But I think you don't get what you ask for. So it's important to ask, but not in a salesy way, more in a need more information. Um, I think it's really great to have posts that are very informative where you're giving a lot of information and you're not selling. But then you comment on your post saying, want to find out more. I think on the comments, you've got the right to have a click-through, a funnel, something that, that people can find out more about, maybe an opt-in email. You know, you can get this free brochure to find out more, but I need to have your email address. I think you can do things like that, but the comments is the place for it. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, benefits of being on being on the LinkedIn platform, but also actually being active on the LinkedIn platform. Because there's a lot of people who... I think they like, you know, I've seen their profiles where it's, it's like, okay, you signed up in like 2017, but you've never posted or, you know, like you, it's kind of, you're treating it like a static resume kind of thing. So what's some of the, some of the benefits of people actually jumping on LinkedIn and, and doing what you're saying, actually providing that information and, and building their brand as a thought leader? You have to post if you want to pull attention to your profile. Um, so um, I'm a LinkedIn profile writer, so sometimes I'll write LinkedIn profiles for people and they'll say, but I haven't got many visitors. And I'm like, yes, that's why included in my service was posting and why I insisted on talking to you about posting. If you're not posting, you're not pulling attention to your profile. So, um, so some people say, but I don't have time for social media. You know, we run a shop, it sells widgets. Um, you know, we, we don't have time to do social media. We get enough people walking past our shop. But if you've got a website or you've got an email campaign and you're sending out information in your emails or in your website, it's so easy to take that content and shorten it um, and redistribute it on LinkedIn. And it doesn't have to be. In fact, as I said, I don't believe it should be all the time. I think you can just put content out, yeah, even just once a week. Share an idea, share an insight, um, share something, and that will pull attention to your profile. And then on your profile, you should have a company page, your website address, your email, and your phone number. So you want to really build those touch points all through your LinkedIn profile. Don't rely on people clicking contact information. Build it all through your profile and on your profile give people reasons to purchase your services or your products. So when people do this, when people start getting, uh, you know, potential customers looking at their profile, what uh, are you seeing with your clients? Are they, have, are they getting uh, or generating more inquiries via LinkedIn? Are they... Um, finding that they're able to actually generate more revenue from taking your advice and being more active on on the platform like what sort of things are they um, you know what are the outcomes I guess for them when they actually spend that time invest that time doing that yeah I don't think there's um, a clear figure on that so I've had some people who contacted me um, so I had a, a lady who ran a um, a lingerie business and she said you know I, <laughs> I know I blush as I say that a little bit but you know she did and, and she's like you know I really want to do all of this and she actually came to a, a workshop I was running and and I'm like look LinkedIn is not the place for you <laughs> you know no, we don't want to see those photos <laughs> you know so it is not she is never going to make I hope um 
uh, sorry, Lauren, if you're listening, but it's another Lauren, um, obviously. Um, you know, she's never going to make money from LinkedIn. Um, you know, it's not a one-size-fits-all. Business coaches, on the other hand, do really well. Um, sales coaches, um, people who are selling software services or software solutions, software products, because they're really complicated products and people need to talk to people to figure out whether that service is right for them. So it definitely will make you money. It will definitely will make you revenue if you're in the right business and if you're putting a bit of effort into it. So here, putting out information, sharing tips um, and connecting with people. You know, I, I know this um, beautiful man up in Brisbane. He puts out posts. He has a great profile, but he doesn't connect with anybody. So he's kept his network really small and he doesn't go in and accept all of his invites. He just keeps pumping out posts. So, you know, he's got sort of at any one time I speak to him, he's got sort of 500 pending invitations to connect that he's not accepting. And those are are potential buyers. So I think it'll make you money depending on what industry you're in it's 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 a really really good point one of the things we're going to be talking about later in this series is about market penetration and i see like there's a there's a sort of misconception that a lot of people make where they think that uh you know you can have engagement without reach or you can have reach without engagement you know but you actually you have to have both and having engagement will get you reach but <laughs> you need a certain audience size right like that those things work together so I think it's actually a really, really good point that uh, one, you know, not every business uh, can benefit from LinkedIn the same way or even every person can benefit from LinkedIn the same way. And also that, you know, you need to be, I mean, I pretty much accept everyone. I say that to people on this podcast all the time. I'm like, just connect with me. I mean, let me know you heard about the show just so I know, like, because I'll probably be like, hey, what do you think about the show? (laughs) But, you know, like have, have a conversation. We did this, uh, ran this little kind of post yesterday on LinkedIn that we asked people to submit their questions for you, Karen. Um, and it was great. We got heaps of great questions. And I think it was actually really hard to decide which questions to choose. But so I just thought for people listening to this who are like, why did they pick these questions? Why did they pick mine? Or... I just purely did it based on how many likes the questions got. I don't know if that's fair. (laughs) I love that you're always all about the data, Lauren. I love that, you know, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But show me the figures. Let's look at the data here. I love that. I love that about you. I think it's great. Let's look at the data. What questions got the most likes? We'll run with that one. That makes sense to me. Um, so hit me because I didn't have a peek. I didn't have a peek. I, I saw the post. I had a quick look, commented on it, and then didn't go back. So the first one is from Robin Miles. Uh, he's a high-performance coach based out of Byron Bay. Um, and he said, with so many people turning to LinkedIn now to su- support growing their business, what should we do to still get cut through on such a crowded platform? I think posting is so huge. Um, So um, many years ago, and we haven't got updated stats, um, but LinkedIn has been putting out stats year on year, which have stayed the same, which is that 1% of people post on LinkedIn. 
Now that's that stat has stayed the same for the last four to five years. Wow. Um, and I find it really hard to believe that really we're still sending a 1%, surely we're 2%, right? <laughs> or maybe three. But, um, you know, if, if those stats are current, even if they've increased, even if we're sitting at 5% um, of people put out posts, even if it has increased that much over five years, um, and LinkedIn's not saying it, it has, then the biggest differentiator is to actually be putting your ideas out there. You know, I think that we are in a period where we are more connected than our parents or grandparents. We know more people and that's reflected in the average number of connections that people have, you know. So a, a lot of people have got a thousand connections. It's not that difficult. Um, so your differentiator is in part the size of your network, but it is also if you're putting ideas out there, if you're actually publishing information because as much as we know as many people we also know as many ideas and we're all very well informed we're all listening to amazing podcasts like yours <laughs> um, you know so we are we you know I never sit in the car in silence you know I'm I'm tuning into your podcast I'm listening to an audiobook um you know I'm constantly reading information and the news is now all at the touch of a button on an iPad so I can stay really informed really quickly and given that today's buyers are so informed, producing content that actually showcases your expertise and showcases who you are and pulls clients to you, that is your biggest differentiator. Top question. Yes, thank you, Robin Miles. Great question. The second one, and I love your answer. Sorry, Karen, as well. Uh, so the second question comes from Amanda Hector. Uh, who is a recruitment training specialist. So a little bit of a different question and a great one. Uh, she says, I often get messages from people trying to sell me something immediately after I connect with them. I find this taints my view of having them as a contact and I'm sure they're nice people. They're just trying to do their jobs, but still. What are your views on the correct etiquette for messaging details of your products or services to new connections? Never do it unless somebody asks you to. Ever, ever. I think just give, 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 give. So I think we need to think of it um, as being, uh, as our online relationships being really similar to our offline relationships. So if I've just met you, um, which is kind of hard to imagine because I've seen you so much online for so long, Lauren. <laughs> but if I, if I haven't met Amanda Hector we're, yet, uh, we're actually connected on LinkedIn, but I haven't met Amanda. So I haven't known her for very long. Um, we've only been connected for a really short time. Um, and if I met Amanda Hector and the first thing she did is try and sell to me, I'd be really put off. You know, you've just met me and you're just trying to sell to me. Um, but that's not what she did. I think she sent me, I think I, she commented on one of my posts and I sent her an invite to connect. And, you know, we sort of slowly started that dialogue of getting to know each other. And that's how it works. You know, you really come from that mindset of giving. So you give tips, you give information. So you see a potential person that you would like to sell your services to on LinkedIn you say something to them like, hi, I noticed that we share quite a few connections in common and a city in common, and maybe interests in technology in common. Let's connect. They just accept your invitation to connect, and then you go back not looking too keen. You go back, 
a week or a couple of weeks later. Yeah, it's like dating, right, I guess. <laughs> Not that I remember that, but anyway. Um, you know, and it's been a long time. And, um, you know, you say, you know, um, hi, thanks for accepting my invitation to connect. Um, I noticed that you work in this area of technology. Um, I wrote a post that um, addresses this or that you might be interested in, and you send them something like that. Um, you then comment on their posts if they're publishing, uh, repeatedly comment on their posts. So you go and check in every few weeks, every month, not looking too keen, comment on their posts. Um, you notice that they've moved job or, or something or opened up another business. Hi, you know, congratulations on that. So it's a really slow build. And you'll find that, and you're always helping, helping, helping. You might suggest, hi, I'd like to catch up for a coffee. I'd love to um, learn a little bit more about how your industry is tackling changes around this. So you might ask for a coffee, but you keep that coffee to 20, 30 minutes, no pitching. You want them selling you, them asking you, can I please buy? Yes, now I will present you with, this is my product line and these are the feeds. The moment you start selling, it's just like face-to-face. -face. It's so off-putting. It's like, that. oh, no, it's just not on. <laughs> I had a conversation a while ago um, with a he was sales guy, um, Liam Redman, who is an Irish guy living in Canada, actually. At the time, he was working with Growth Genius, which is one of the sort of like LinkedIn growth, you know, platforms. And, you know, they, they kind of help with sort of building people's business by LinkedIn. And, and he was like, you just need to be a human, like, you know. Be human. Please be a human. You know, there's nothing, this idea of constant, you know, um, you accept somebody's invite to connect and the very next message is the whole, hi, we've had a look at your website and we've realised it's not optimised. And I'm like, really? Really? You know, so it's, yeah, be a human. Don't autobot it. Don't spam. Build relationships. And, and accept that it's going to be a long lead time, you know. So, so I think of LinkedIn as, as this is where you do everything up to the point of picking up the phone. Ideally, they're calling you. You might suggest a coffee, but you've got to earn that right. It's got to take a long time, a slow build. Um, and it's all about filling your pipeline. So this is where you, you gather prospects and you gather potential clients. It's not where you go in for the hard sell. This is not, this is not Amazon. You're not just clicking a button and buying something. No, nobody does that on LinkedIn. I love it. Karen, it's been awesome talking to you. I'm so happy that you uh, agreed to come on the show. Thank you so much. Um, if people want to find out more about you and the work that you do, I'm guessing LinkedIn is the best way to get in touch. Is that right? <laughs> LinkedIn is absolutely the best and actually pretty much kind of the only place at the moment to get in touch because um, I'm in, in the process at the moment of rebranding. So, um, so I actually currently don't have a website. LinkedIn is everything. So just look me up on, on LinkedIn as Karen Tisdell, T-I-S-D-E-L-L. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. I'll make sure we have the link uh, to your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. Thank you so much again. This has been a lot of fun. Been great fun. This is my favorite topic. So, and I've been listening to your podcast for ages. So it's really nice to actually have this conversation and have this dialogue. It's wonderful. Thank you so much. Thanks, Karen. Okay. Cheers. <laughs>